putting your pants back on. Ah, uh, they're already on. Oh, that's boring. Yeah, what? <laughs> I'm in my jogging pants. Oh, for all, See, the, for all the jogging I'm you stop. do. Uh, yeah, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> uh, I'll remember that, you slag. Right. Oh, God. And I smell. Yeah, well, it t- sometimes taking a shower is just not the top priority. No. I, could say I didn't that. take a shower. I didn't take a shower yesterday. And I haven't taken one today so far. That's all right. I've not had a bath since Thursday. Jesus I just can't Christ. be asked. Good Lord. I just can't be asked. I'll go right for <laughs> one later, though. <laughs> I don't really go anywhere, you know. So no, that's, can... that's exactly how I felt. I, you know, yesterday morning yeah. I went to school. I didn't shower because it was at 7 a.m., so fuck that. And yeah, then right. afterwards, I went to my buddy's house. We played Smash Brothers for like six hours. So I'm not showering for him. I'm not showering for anybody. I'm sure you did play Smash Brothers, Mike. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you That's smashed right. your, you smashed your bro. <laughs> I did. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> not like there's anything wrong with that. Oh no, of course not. All right. Sweet. I think I got everything recording. Have you got your backup recording? Yes, I do. And the other backup? The backup to the backup is backed up. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, for fuck's sake, I might have to turn my phone off. Uh-oh. You're, too, you're no, too popular, Shane. It's, I'm getting notification after notification because because um, of the Google thing on my phone. Because it's set up to everything. I get notifications from Twitter... Um, well, how phone sex hotlines work is you can schedule those in advance, right? Unfortunately not. <laughs> Shane gets called and he charges by the hour, so. Yeah, I go by Wanda, I charge by the half hour. Better yes. than by the second. Yeah, right. <sighs> I love you guys. It's <clears throat> fucking insult after insult. I love it. <laughs> Good friends. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> Butter, get out of here. You're not we're not needed. <laughs> Butter! Go back downstairs. Go. No, not up here. No. Get away from the microphone. Butter wants his Butter wants his in on the action. Yeah. But 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 alright, we can start this one early. This way we don't have to have a ten minute intro like last time. <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> uh, people were still losing their shit about that but and i saw my buddy miles yesterday uh we went to go see black panther and he was telling me he's like that tea discussion started a fight between him and his wife <laughs> <laughs> because, what did they say well he was horrified because he's uh he's english so he's like yeah of course shane oh. is correct and uh, she's like, I mi-, she goes, I microwave my tea. And he looks Perfect. at her and he's like, you do what? <laughs> I actually asked my buddy about that yesterday. I was like, how do you make tea? And he's like looking at me all weird because I've never asked him that before. And then uh, he's like, 
do you ask people often how to make tea? Obviously, no, and not, that's my they would tell like you. that's yeah, because that's why he was looking at me all weird. He's like, "Where is this coming from?" Like, just how do you make tea? And he's like, "On the stove." And I'm like, "That's that's wrong." <laughs> <laughs> it was just the fucking comments on the thread yesterday were just so funny, oh especially when my especially when my buddy Darren jumped in. I was like, "Fuck off, Darren!" Just and he was fuck saying off. you ever before, and I could see the fi- across the internet. I could see the fire in your eyes. You were like, "You put what?" <laughs> 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 oh, that was good. Yeah. So that was oh. that was a plus. We'll we'll start a little quicker this time. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to all you need is blood. UHM Horror Podcast with your hosts, Ryan, Shane, and Mike. Alright everybody, welcome to All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast. This is episode 46, and I wanted to thank everyone for coming in. Uh, Joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mike Whittemore and Shane Smith. Gentlemen, how is everything going? Great. Okay. Excellent. Good to hear. We're, everyone's filthy. Yes. We have our microwaved tea, and we're ready to start. <laughs> Fucking microwave tea, you heathens. <laughs> Can't drink it boiled. Can't it drink it boiled. boiled. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Here we go again. Right, you fucking started it now, haven't you, Ryan? It's your fault. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna change this podcast from a horror-themed podcast into a, just a tea-centric podcast. <laughs> It'll last like half an episode once we know we have no idea anything about tea. And then I walk out and, <laughs> you're all fucking wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> that's, the, that's the end of the podcast, folks. <laughs> Shane throws his laptop out the window. <laughs> No, you just hear the mic being thrown. There's no drop the mic. Tree. <laughs> That's uh, it. I'm gone. Fuck off. Right. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, we're the <laughs> official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. Uh, you can reach us on our Gmail at allyouneedisbloodpod at gmail.com. Our Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood. Um, on the, uh, the Upcoming Horror Movies <laughs> message board, we're on there. Um, Mike will burp for you at any time you want. <laughs> Just make the ten bucks a burp. Ten bucks a burp. Yeah, I'll fart. I've got one brewing, so it'll be a good one. Good God. (laughs) And recently, Shane, I'll have you know, (laughs) I set up an Instagram this week. What? Yes. There's nothing there's nothing on it. I don't even have a picture profile, but I made the account. Good. That's half God. One of us. One of us. (laughs) So you (laughs) Joy. You will be able to follow the the podcast itself at All You Need Is Blood Pod on Instagram. See, it's about fucking time too because I've been doing so much promo work for this podcast on on, on Instagram. <laughs> I think I should too, probably. Yeah, yeah, somebody should. I just post vinyl all day. Yeah, but that's good. You know, that's that's not too bad. I just I just post selfies, beard selfies, because my beard is sexy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not even your face; it's just the beard. It's from nose just down, nothing else. Yeah, 
nostrils not included. You know. When's the last time you washed your beard? Um, yesterday. So you wash your Wait beard before the rest of your body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, well, I mean, the thing is, I got some. I got. I've, I have this beard shampoo from Swagger and Jacks, which is fucking amazing. And um, Friday, I bought some beard conditioner for the first time. So I had to test out the beard conditioner. And fuck me sideways is absolutely amazing. So yeah, my mom like, works on her hair a lot too. You do yeah. this over the <laughs> sink? Like, well, how do you wash your beard and not the rest of your body? Well, obviously, because I have a shaven head. So okay. I use, yeah, I use the beard shampoo to also wash the stubble on my head as well as the beard. And then I just dunk a bucket of water over my head. You have a bucket of water. Well, no, it's a jug, but, you know, bucket sounds better, doesn't it? <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. Well, most people would just hop in the shower and take care of it all at once, but Shane's like, nah, fuck yeah. that. Then I'd get wet. Yeah. No, I'm going to I'm gonna have a bath a bit later on anyway, but yeah. it's just, you know, for the convenience, I needed to test out this this uh, beard conditioner, and it is, a fucking, it is fucking amazing. Do you guys only take baths over there, or do you take showers well, too? I would have a shower. If I had one in the flat, but I don't. Oh, I that only makes have sense. One. Yeah, that makes sense. Because um, I am, <laughs> I've been waiting almost eight years for the housing association that I live under to install a shower, install a whole new bathroom. Because my bathroom is in fact thirty-eight years old. Well, the flat is thirty. My flat was built in nineteen seventy-eight. Mm-hmm. And um, every 15 years, they're supposed to upgrade kitchens and the bathrooms and, you know, all the appliances to go with it. I've been in my flat 18 years and they haven't even been in to upgrade my kitchen or my bathroom yet. And I've been fighting for the last seven years to get a new bathroom. Oh, my God. And they still haven't done it. So once they put in a new bathroom, I am hopefully getting a shower unit put in as well sweet uh, yeah so that'd be kind of nice because what i would really ideally like is like a wet room kind of thing um where you can just walk in and the, the tiles kind of slant to the center of the bathroom with oh the yeah drain. Yep, oh. i guess yeah yeah so I, ideally i would like one of those see if i had to take baths all the time i probably would space them out a lot more oh yeah because <clears throat> that's, that's a, too much work that's a lot more work that's the making tea over the stove amount of. <laughs> you're really gonna yourself. start. You're gonna start this again, aren't you, Mike? I'm just saying you can't drink it while boiled. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is that you make tea wrong. <laughs> that's Continue. fine. Yeah, that's okay. Listen, yeah. you can't, you can't make pizza in the microwave either, Mike. You, have you can to warm eat. it up. You have to. No, you cannot. That is a sin. No. How dare what? you, sir? What are you talking about? You warm it up in the microwave. No, you do not you warm don't. it up yes, in the microwave. Yes, you do. If you're going to warm up a pizza, you warm up in the oven. Listen, thank you, I Shane. Live, I live in Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. Pizza, pizza capital of the world. Oh, my God. Yeah, now, right, now you're going right. to get me started on this. Listen. What? You're, oh, you, you're, you're okay, thinking New York right. pizza's better? Your Chicago casserole is very nice. Yes, it has all, the same, in, it has all the same ingredients as pizza. That doesn't make it pizza. Uh, yes, it makes it. We have, some, we have, I don't know. We have some of the best pizza places oh my in God. North America. Bullshit. <laughs> have you been to Chicago? Have you tried the pizza? I have had Chicago style pizza from the Where? Ori- from the Where? originators of Chicago style pizza. Where? 
Pizzeria Uno. Where? Anywhere. There's a, it's a chain. Oh, uh, see that that's what you're telling me. You had Chicago pizza in a chain. You're yes. gonna sit there and blaspheme that to me over my headphones. I'm gonna tell no. you, Chicago <laughs> pizza was invented by a chain restaurant. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean it's good now. <laughs> that was the first one. That's the original. Oh, yeah. It does not matter. You have not had Chicago pizza unless you go here and you try good Chicago pizza. Just so for uh, anyone that doesn't know, Chicago-style pizza is extremely thick crust pizza with extremely thick toppings baked in a pan. Uh, yeah, it's deep dish, but there's also regular thin sliced. There's different variations of no, it. I'm talking about Chicago-style pizza. That's a style. Well, deep dish? Yeah. Yeah. What about it? I'm just saying, it's a nice casserole. You put a big, thick <laughs> wad in there, it's all built up, and you, you pile everything on, and it's fine. Like, I love all those ingredients, but that doesn't necessarily make it a pizza. But Jim, or, uh, Giordano's deep dish is is good pizza. Okay. Here's a twist for you guys. I used to work, <laughs> in, a, I used to work in a pizza restaurant. Yeah, but uh, England, I mean, come on, Shane. Seriously? Yeah. English pizza? Okay. It's not that great. That's like we were laughing at, well, my friend and I were laughing the other day about I was going to try to find English wine because I thought it would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't do it. You won't find it. No, I am I am a self-proclaimed pizza snob. I believe in the pizza belt theory. I'm a strong a proponent. So you're of a pizza snob, but you've never had authentic Chicago pizza. Oh, sure. I've had okay. it from the people that invented it. Is it the one place? <laughs> Do you know how many people? Do you know how many people in restaurants in Minnesota have claimed to create the Juicy Lucy? There's like four or five different restaurants that say we are the originators of the Juicy Lucy. Is that the is that the one where it's a beef sandwich that you dip? No, this is a. It's pretty easy to make. It's like cheese inside the burger, and they call it Juicy Lucy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I mean that. that. I mean, I I don't think that you could have authentic Chicago pizza from a chain. Well, that's fine. Have you ever had a hamburger? (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah why well, where was it invented i don't care where it's invented it's it was how invented you in it. connecticut so unless you've had a hamburger in connecticut then i don't think you've had one the first mcdonald's <clears throat> the first mcdonald's hamburger was uh <laughs> McDonald's it's didn't ex- make the first hamburger <laughs> i'm talking about the restaurant <laughs> i'm just saying oh they, did, they didn't make the first burger also the kuma's uh corner um the Kuma Burger from the Kuma's Corner is voted the best hamburger in North America. And the best pizza in the world has been voted as Pepe's Pizza in Connecticut for like a dozen years, maybe more, 20 years. Mm, that's that's up for debate. That is not up for debate. That's up for a fact. <laughs> no, there's no fact on, on good pizza. Chicago pizza is where it's at. Anybody Folks, disagrees? Look up the pizza belt theory. I stand by it. It's, it's a great, uh, useful tool. Uh, you can look it up on the Internet and it works great. It sounds like for people that aren't from Chicago. Yeah, the Pizza Belt is a string of um, land, essentially, that goes along the coast from Washington, D.C. up to Boston. And anywhere along that line, you have at least a 60% chance of getting a great piece of pizza. As you go further from the coast, the chances decrease. Until you hit Chicago. Or it increases to 100%. Not even, on, not even considered on the list. Oh, God. See, I've had pizza. I, I go on road trips quite often, and I get pizza from a lot of other states. I pretty much get pizza everywhere I go just because I want to test it out. 
and it's <sighs> garbage. Besides Pittsburgh, they had really good pizza there. Well, you're somewhere. getting pretty close to the pizza belt in Pittsburgh then. I don't know. <laughs> last week, oh, do you know what? Last week it was tea. This week it's pizza. Oh Next week God. it's how chocolate. How choc- How chocolate is such a bad diuretic. A diuretic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's one we could definitely put to the test. Oh yeah! Oh fuck! It. I'd do that every day. Right. <laughs> well, about, what else besides pizza have you guys been up to, Shane? I know you haven't been bathing, and um, you, you you have been boiling tea. So what else have you been doing lately? Any movies, I've games, boiling, or books? I, I've been boiling a kettle for my tea. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, or was it Friday, I went and paid some more money off my tattoo. Um, I'm booked in in three weeks' time for my next session, which I am really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I bought some more beard oil and some beard balm. Yesterday, I bought four DVDs, four classics for three pounds in a wow. charity shop. I got the two disc 20th anniversary of Jaws. Um, um, I bought Dread. I got um, Mannequin, the old 80s. Oh my God, Mannequin. Movie. Actually, it's a funny story behind that. And I also picked up Cherry Falls um, because they were the only decent movies they had in the entire fucking DVD section hmm. of, of this shop. So I picked those up. Um, yeah, the story behind Mannequin, when I was 12 years old, I saw it at the cinema, as, which is what we call it in the UK, you know, cinema, not theatre. Um, <laughs> and um, on my way back, I was uh, waiting for a bus to come home. And um, I stepped out into the road to uh, look left, look right, no traffic coming, walk out, and I got hit by a car. Oh, my God. And I um, I flew over the top of the car, landed on my head. I then got up, walked into HMV, bought a record, went back to the bus stop and got on the bus home. And then when I walked down the road – um, my mother greeted me at the top of the road. She's like, hello, how are you? And I was like, I got hit by a car and then collapsed and woke up two days later with a doctor trying to stub, stick a thermometer up my ass, resulting in me turning around, waking up with a start and going, or oh, you cunt, and then punching him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Mannequin was the movie that I credit as turning me into the dark side. Oh my god! It all, it all went a bit. It all went a bit weird after I got hit by that car. Have you watched Mannequin <laughs> since? I have. Oh, yes. Okay. I actually, I remember going to see it again the following week, and um, <clears throat> the week after I got hit by the car, and uh, it was quite funny because I remember walking in, sitting there, and I was just. It was. It was one of those things like kind of like muscle memory where you're just walking around and you're just like checking for vehicles in the cinema, <laughs> which was just like extreme paranoia. And then when I was walking back to get the bus, I um, avoided all the main roads and took all detours that I could to get to the bus stop. I'll always remember that. And my mother was complaining that it took me five hours to get home. And I was like, yeah, well, I was avoiding all the traffic. Awesome. Yeah. Um, 
other than that, I have been watching old school TV shows. So I've been re-watching episodes of Buffy and Angel and uh, episodes of Six Feet Under, which was one of my favourite TV shows back in the day. Um, I haven't bought any music. I haven't played any games. I haven't read any books. Um, I haven't bathed. Um, Ziggy has been incredibly cuddly these past few days, which is strange and unusual in catalog for his cat logic. Um, I don't know why he's doing it. I'm guessing he must have done something wrong. And I, I haven't discovered it yet. Yep. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think he's trying to butter me up, so to speak. <laughs> You're going to find like a two foot pile of shit stored in the corner <laughs> somewhere. Under the bed, yeah. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, how, that he's cleverly disguised with like a pile of cat fucking litter or something. He put a few CD cases around it. Figure you wouldn't notice. <laughs> yeah. Well, knowing my luck, a load of fucking books that I've got in the bedroom that you've probably just pulled down and stashed. Nice. So how about you, Mike? Yeah. What have you been up to lately? <sighs> um, you caught me in mid-yawn. Um, let's see. Uh, nothing really. I've been going to school five days a week and been on vacation this week. So I got caught up in... Um, Mario plus rabbits for the switch, mm. which I put like 30 hours into and it's amazing in every way. Uh, I played that for 10 hours on Friday. That's so, a good session. Yeah, it's a good, that's a good Friday. I seriously like, uh, what I do? I like woke up, I played that and it was like eight o'clock. I'm like, holy fuck. Um, then I got on that same day, I got some vinyl in. I got, uh, uh, a band called Sleep, their album Dope Smoker, which came out in 2003, and it's amazing. It's, oh, it's Sleep. Yeah, if you yeah, actually they I think their first album was in like 92. Yeah. The first couple albums they have like actual like track listings, but their last I think like two albums or maybe three, they just have one song on the whole album and it's like over an hour long. Hmm. Uh it's fantastic. It's so heavy. Um also from Southern Lord, the record company, I got a uh, power trip. And um, let's see. What the hell is the name of it? It's called Nightmare Logic. This is their uh, newest album. It's a thrash metal band. Uh, they're really good. That came out last year, I believe. Um, I also got The Similars in on Blu-ray. <clears throat> and if you haven't seen The Similars, it's one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. Um it's re- in the movie. It's revealed that people grow uh, facial hair and they turn into like a guy. What? Yeah, like multiple people are turning into this one-looking person. Hmm. It's and it's shot and set in the '60s, and it's shot in uh, black and white, and it's fantastic and one of the oddest movies ever. Um, let's see. Besides that. I haven't been uh, really listening or playing anything else. Mario Rabbids has kind of taken over my life. That's not a... So. That, the movie just mentioned the similars. That's not like a 2015 movie, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, okay. So. I gotcha. I thought you said it was from the 60s. That uh, was kind of... It's shot to look like it, so they like... Uh, what's a movie they they do that it's kind of like ouija the the second ouija movie if you've seen it where they make it look like it's set in the 70s 
So that's how similar it is. It looks like it was set in the 60s or 70s. Gotcha. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, myself, uh, let's see. Reading-wise, uh, this week I was reading um, the zombie comic 68, Jungle Gym. <laughs> Uh, it is fucking awesome. Uh, it's a it's a short run. I want to say it's only like four issues, five issues, or something. I I bought it on a sa on sale at Comicsology, and it's a uh, it's a, a a part of the '68 series, which is a zombie invasion that takes place during Vietnam, and a uh, a soldier is rescued by this badass guy in a gas mask, and it sort of goes through the background of how he is out trying to find this one zombie who is uh, his old lieutenant who saved his life, and to pay him back, he's going to kill the zombie version of him to put him to rest. And uh, the guy ends up getting killed, and so now the new guy takes on the mask and the persona, and he starts to, like, lose his mind a little bit, and he's having, like, he's talking with dead people and stuff in his head, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's going on. But there's one, uh, one panel in it where he climbs up to this tree to avoid a zombie horde, and there's, like, a, a tiger up there. And the tiger knocks him out of the tree, and the tiger jumps down, and the two of them both start fighting zombies. It's fucking awesome. Super gory. I posted a, uh, a screenshot of um, one of the panels on the, uh, on the All You Need Is Blood uh, on the Facebook. And, um, yeah, I, I saw that. It's fucking cool. It's a great comic. I recommend it 100%. Oh, by the way, you have your first follower, Ryan, on Instagram. Oh, <laughs> you found it? There's no images. Yes. You no, there's nothing because there. I, I I signed up on my phone and I don't have any of the uh, images um, for the podcast on my phone. And I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta wait till I get home. And I, I keep forgetting about it until uh, I get out of my laptop, which I'm using now, and I'm still not putting this right. on there yet. So, but I'll get that. I'll get it filled out. Yeah. So great. That's one down. Got it. Uh, let's see. Other than that, <laughs> I watched. Uh, I watched Creep 1 and 2 since we did that uh, found footage thing um, last time. A bunch of people recommended uh, the Creep movies, and they're both on Netflix. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll give them a shot one day while I'm cooking. And um, they're pretty good. Uh, it didn't blow me away. I was sort of expecting everything to be a little bit better. But, you know, it, it was entertaining. Uh, I liked, I think I liked part one a little better. It was a little more original. And it built some tension. I think the sequel had almost no tension in it. Like, it was just immediately blown away. You know, there was just nothing scarier. You know, you don't know where it's going. You know what everything's going to happen in the second one. I feel like the first one was a little bit better because you didn't know where it was going to go or what the guy's intention was in the movie. But, yeah, it's okay. I, th I think it's worth checking the first one out at least if, um, if you find it on Netflix. <clears throat> and other than that, I've been watching a lot of Winter Olympics lately. Uh, just because it's on, uh, I probably watch a good hour of curling every day, <laughs> which is fucking awesome. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> Actually, we use the phrase curling for taking a shit in the UK. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I can that's see the similarities. I, yeah, that's why, I, that's why I chuckled. Well, you're going to want a wide stance. You're going to want to have a, a nice <laughs> loose grip. If you're too tight, you're, it's not going to work. I can see everything working there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> oh actually, um I uh I I sent um the director of it a message last night. Um Andy Muschietti is it his name? Um the director. I sent yeah, him a picture of it. Yeah, I sent him a picture of my uh, Pennywise tattoo. 
And um, he replied last night, actually. He replied and said, thank you, Shane. Cool tattoo. That's awesome. So, yep. Yeah. So I'm in with the big boys now. There you go, Shane. Now you're famous. You're one of the yeah. elite horror elite. I am. I am. I mean, how fucking awesome was that? I mean, I was just like, yeah, I'm down with the kids. I'm going to tag Kurt Russell in my thing tattoo and see if he responds. Is Kurt hey, Russell on Twitter? There's no way Kurt Russell's on Twitter. No, I'm gonna, no, Instagram, mate. Hang on. Let's have a look, see if he's on there. There's no way. He's Kurt Russell. He's too busy, probably like... Official Kurt Russell. <laughs> Come on. Official Kurt Russell. Kurt Vogel <laughs> Russell. The only official page of Kurt Vogel Russell. And his last picture was updated two days ago. So, yes, he has in, he has Instagram. Wow. I'm That's awesome. I feel like Kurt Russell wouldn't even have a cell phone. All right, he's got 52,500 followers, <laughs> and he follows, seven, he follows seven people. Add one more to that. <laughs> he's going to follow you? <laughs> Who's no, I mean, I'm following him. Oh, okay. He follows Marvel Entertainment, Olivia Hudson, Kate Hudson, Daniel Ernst, Goldie Horn, Chris Pratt, and the Fast and Furious movie. That's, that's interesting, but I feel like that's a publicist. Like, I don't think that's Kurt Russell. No, it is. It is yeah, that's Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Yeah? Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of, like, home pictures that... Oh, yeah. Jesus. If he had a publicist that much in his life, that would be alarming. Wow, I cannot believe that. I, like, that's not what I would have thought Kurt Russell would be doing. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God, there's a picture of him, like, really, really fucking young. Jesus. The chin on that man. Jesus. <laughs> That's why he's got to cover it with a stubble ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll just hey, blow look, you away. It looks good with it. He looks good with the beard. I'll give him that. Yep. He does look good with the beard. So yeah, um, that was anyway. pretty good. We um, so last week we talked a little bit about a upcoming movie that had that was coming out that very day. We talked about it, the Cloverfield Paradox. Yes. It was announced and released the same day on Netflix. Yep. So um, we all had a chance to give it a watch. And uh, what do you guys think of it? Uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you. What would you think of Cloverfield? Uh, I Personally, I just didn't think it was... I mean, it's it's decent. But I would go... That's about as far as I'd go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they tacked on the Cloverfield thing after filming it. Because it just doesn't make sense why that would take place in the same universe at all. Um I think there are way better space movies out there. Uh, I mean, it, it borrows a little bit from past horror films. Uh, there was a lot of comedy in there from um, Chris O'Dowd, which I think was super wasted in the movie because his character doesn't fit. Like the writing of his character doesn't fit with what's going on. Uh, they uh, set up stuff and they don't explain it. And it just, I don't know. I just felt like it was kind of a movie that was made and it does not stick out for me at all. Mm-hmm. Not what bad, but well, it, well, I have to say, cause obviously I've only watched it the once and I thought it looked kind of cool. And some of the aspects of it, I thought were interesting, like the whole space time continuum, the displacement factor of it, you know, spoiler alert, cause earth gets lost. <laughs> um, but, um, I kind of, 
I didn't mind it for what it was. You know, I thought it was kind of cool. And yeah, I agree with Mike. Chris O'Dowd, his comedy aspect was completely misplaced. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I'll have to admit, obviously, because I'm a big IT crowd fan. Yeah, me too. I was half, yeah, I was half expecting them to say, have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And I kind of liked what they did with it. Um, and I thought the, the Chinese character in it, I thought the fact that she was, she didn't speak a word of English throughout the entire thing. And I thought, well, how the fuck are they understanding her? And it's the future. Well, that, yeah. Yeah. Tr- yeah. True. They probably got those, um, <laughs> was it the fish they used, those air fish from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? <laughs> oh, was yeah. it the, ba- the Babel fish, is it? I is it the Bible fish? The one where you stick in your ear and you can understand every single language <laughs> in the universe? I'm not nerdy enough to, to pay attention to that. <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, man. I mean, yeah, come on. Ex- exactly. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah it's, it's all right for what it was. You know, I, I kind of enjoyed it. I will have to watch it again, though. But um, it was just one of those things. I was watching it and, you know, I liked I liked it to a degree. Yeah, I I liked the setup and I liked the idea of the story. Uh but I thought the execution like what kind of bothers me in like some some sci-fi and sci-fi horror movies is when they don't stick to the rules that they've created. Right. So so like if you're consistent then it's fine. You could do anything you want as long as it makes sense in the universe you've created. So, but in this one, there was like so many things that were going on, like, um, I guess we're going to probably get into spoilers a little bit, but overall, I think the movie was serviceable and I'm not like, uh, it's not bad. I'm not upset that I watched it. I'm not going to yeah. say it was a waste of my time. It just wasn't, it's not anything I'm really ever going to go back to again, I think. Well, what bothered me is like the whole arm thing with Chris O'Dowd. Right, like, why? This is exactly what I was going to get into. Like, it doesn't make sense why it was like alive and trying to write something. Yeah, sure, it's from a different dimension, but in that dimension is like, are people's arms alive? So, so let's get <laughs> let's get into spoilers a little bit here because I'd, I'd like to get into this just for a little bit. Um, so a bunch of the weird shit that happens, right? They turn on this this. Um, <laughs> device the uh, it's like a collider of some sort to generate power or something i guess and the the ship gets um sent to a different universe or, or it gets sent to a different plane or something or you know dislocated in space and time and who knows where and fucked up a whole bunch of different uh different continuums or something <clears throat> so one thing i've liked that made a lot of sense was that the random girl that showed up stuck in a wall with like cables and shit going through her. So this, you know, this station displaced and went into the other station and wherever this girl was, she's now stuck in a wall. I'm like, Oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but like, like you said, then there's the thing with the arm, like a guy's arm gets pulled into a wall and then cut off with no blood or anything. And then his arm just shows up later, but it's somebody else's arm. It's not his or it's another version of his, and it can, t- you know, it-, it gives them all the plot devices they need to solve their problems. And I'm like, well, the the arm is sentient. It's moving. It can write. But w- w- how does it make sense in this universe? Like, it doesn't make sense. And then there's the one guy. Then there was the um, 
with the dude that uh, apparently the movie hated so much that they gave him one weird lazy eye that was that was a result <laughs> of the transport then then two um what was it like like worm he had all the worms inside of him and then three yeah. he had the gyroscope inside of him like how does that all that doesn't make sense that it all happened to like one guy it, it, I don't know. It it just didn't. Nothing really clicked for me on it, and I'm like, okay, I, this is weird shit, and they're not explaining it. Maybe there's some type of dream state or something else, and maybe the worms were. I don't know. It, it, like, why were all of the worms in here? Why weren't some of the worms and like some of the glass, like part of the tank in there? That would make more sense if it was just displaced through, you know, a different universe or something. But I I don't know. I. It, it sort of bothered me that the inconsistencies in the universe that the movie itself created didn't really work. And then, yeah, like you said, Mike, the Cloverfield shit at the end, they were just like, oh, yeah, by the way, Cloverfield. Everyone. Yeah, and I, w- another thing I didn't really care for is the motivation of the lead character. I don't, I forget her name in the movie. I forget a lot of the people's names in the movie. but um, oh, yeah, I don't know any of them. The, the, the main actress, uh, yeah. like, at the end, she, or near the end, she discovers that her probably all her families down on that earth right another so earth. she was like yeah but so she was just like i'm gonna go down there and then she's getting like upset that she can't it's like where the hell is this coming from yeah, like you it, you should it, set that up at like the beginning of the movie like something stupid like maybe she like always dreamed of seeing her like her like family but it's just like halfway through they're like oh yeah my family died <clears> in a fire it's like you know what it reminded me of do you remember at the <clears throat> the beginning of prometheus um, where they they showed um, the main girl, and she has all these flashbacks of like her father and this dream, and that's sort of what uh, David is watching. He's watching her dreams. Yeah, something like that. We where it, it sets up like you know her longing for discovering where she's really from, and you know all this other stuff. It sort of makes sense with that character, but I agree, it did not make sense with this character. It just sort of all got rushed on in the in the third act, and like, oh no, she really wants to get down to that earth and be with her family and everything, and you're like, all right, well, they didn't really explain it too well in the beginning. I understand it, but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't done very well. So yeah, I don't, um, this is definitely the weakest of all the clover of the three Cloverfields. Agreed, uh, without a doubt. And I sort of what the fuck was that? Oh, <laughs> that was Ivan. He's uh, sound like a cat getting stepped on. He's been hitting up the catnip pretty hard today. Now he's just running. He's literally doing laps upstairs. He's running from my bedroom to the movie room and then back. And he's going. Oh, boys, my God. Boys, are we calming down or what? No, he's fucking his eye, his pupils are as big as my fist. He is I'm expecting. I'm expecting a scream from Ryan anytime soon as Ivan attacks. <laughs> right now he's hiding behind my laundry basket. He's like, hey, you can't see me. You don't know what I'm doing. You are doomed, Ryan. It was but been- I, I'm going to put any amount of money on it that the Cloverfield Paradox is going is and probably will be better than Death House. Oh my oh, god. Fuck you yes. know what? I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Mike, because I forgot to put a note on here for it. <laughs> The trailer, well, before we get to that, I just want to mention, um, I thought, I thought this was a uh, pretty interesting, um, on our, on our page, Brittany Lee Tatum posted that, uh, the Cloverfield paradox was a complete waste until the very end. 
And I see where she's coming from. I didn't like most of the movie, but I also didn't like the end. <laughs> Thought it didn't end <laughs> at all. No. But um, but yeah, Mike, let's let's talk about Death House a little bit. So this week, the trailer for Death House came out, and uh, for anyone that's not aware, Death House is this sort of um, I'm gonna say high-profile movie that's has was being made for quite a long time, and the, the big deal of it was it was gonna be the Expendables of the horror world, <laughs> which listen. The, <laughs> Is, just saying that just makes me laugh. It's so stupid. It is extremely stupid. Um, the Expendables is really dumb, okay? And it's, yes, there's some, like, goofy stuff that's funny in it. Like, it's really funny when Dolph Lundgren and Jet Li fight. That's yeah. that's, that's a good concept. But the movie <laughs> itself is shit. Um, the sequels, especially 2, was horrible. I, 2 was, like, nearly unwatchable. Um, why, why do we want that in the horror world? Why do you want this type of thing? Like, oh, we've got all these famous people in the same movie. That means it's going to be good. I I don't think that's how it works. (laughs) Well, especially it doesn't work with horror because, you know, I am actually a fan of the first Expendables and the second Expendables movie. I think they're like super dumb. Yeah. I think they're just like really dumb fun. I saw a second one in theater and when Jean-Claude Van Damme kicks a knife into a guy's chest, I was like, I love this movie. Right. It's stupid. but (laughs) They're like funny, but I feel like they don't even take it far enough as far as they should go. But see, that's what you want to see. You want to see like an action movie filled with all these action stars doing actiony things. These horror people, no offense to any of the people in the movie, but they're not known for these major, like, screen time acting stint things. It's like, I want to see people getting uh, killed and mutilated, uh, not all these people in one movie having these weird characters. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. It's just, I don't want to see that in a horror movie. But how long do you think we've heard about this movie? It's got to be like eight years, maybe more. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a really long time, but the trailer finally came out, and in my head, right, I'm thinking, okay, I know this is going to be shit. Obviously, it's not going to be that good. I watched that trailer. I couldn't believe how bad it looked. I'm yeah, like, that I'm looked like like, oh like, a, like a fan film. It really did. It had. It looks like it has zero budget, like nothing. I just couldn't believe how bad it looked. It looks like that some fans went around to a horror convention and dro- and dropped a green screen behind all these actors and just had like handed them a script and said, here, read these lines right now. And they got whatever they could. And then they made a movie out of it. Yeah. It looks really, really bad. Um, I don't even have the, I was going to have the cast list on here, but I mean, it, there's a lot of, you know, big name people. Um, what I actually think is interesting. Barbara Crampton is in it and she looks amazing. She looks oh, yeah. super hot. Like, holy crap, Barbara Crampton is still amazingly hot. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't see how it could be good. Oh, I really... I'm, I'm dreading having to watch this thing, Mike. I know I'm probably going to, but... I... Well, you kind of have to. It's supposed I to be know. like, you know, the horror movie to ever come out. It's, oh, you gotta... God damn it. So, yeah, we'll, prob- we'll eventually watch it. Shane, are you excited for this movie? Did this trailer entice you at all to go see it? No. (laughs) No, I watched this trailer and I looked at it and I thought, it looks really shit. Um, It looked like it was made on iPhones. Yeah, yeah. Um, Would you guys agree, I'm going to say this, worse than Sci-Fi Channel quality? Worse? um, Sci-Fi Channel has nothing on this. 
Yeah. I would say it's on the same par as sci-fi, but see, I, I've seen some decent sci-fi channel movies that have like actual sets and. I think now, like sci-fi now, yeah, but yeah. I, I would I would compare this to sci-fi ten, fifteen years ago. Like, um, I'm trying to think of one. Um, I'm thinking of one. Yeah, Jason X. There we go. No, no. Jason X is a hundred times better than this. I know, but the sets, the look of that film, no. it just looks like it was made on a TV show. I can agree that the look of it, like the actual like look look yeah. of it, I, I would say that yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, I, th- pretty- I think it looks worse, like much worse. But I don't know, so uh, I'm not looking forward to this. Uh, I, I guess we'll watch it. We'll see. We'll- I'm convinced that they're deleting negative comments on that Facebook page because oh, I, 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 I all the comments on there. They're like, "Oh, I can't wait for this. This looks amazing." It's like I, I, I'm looking around. I don't see where the amazing part of that looks at all. Like, <laughs> so I, I, I sent a message over there and I said, hey, I'd love to review this for the podcast to try to get oh, some free copies of God. it. <laughs> oh, my God. I would love that. If you so, get free copies, I hope they they pay attention to our podcast. Oh, that's what I'm hoping for, too. That'd be but, kind of funny. Anyway, Watch it be I, amazing. I know. We're okay. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's really good. And they just showed us all the worst parts. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> That's how you make a lots, trailer. <laughs> lots of maybes, what's and ifs. Oh fuck. Alright, let's get on to our main topic here for today. The uh the this diversion with the expendables or whatever the fuck it's called. I can't <laughs> Death House. I'm yeah. just like I don't want to think about it anymore. Um so this time we wanted to go through some of our favorite uh child horror or like uh children's horror movies, I guess you could say. Um and what I'd kind of like to do is is my uh, my normal method. I, I just don't tell you guys until uh, until we actually start the podcast. Uh, I want to rate these on two scales, fellas. Mm. One scale, how old do you think a child should be before watching whatever movie we're talking about? And two, uh, is the adult going to like this movie? Okay, <laughs> so like, does it appeal to adults? And how young do you think a kid could be watching this? Right, um, okay. And, and of course, we are absolutely the best experts on this since the, the three of us don't have any children. Yeah. <laughs> and, we're gonna tell and I don't people... think any of us want children. Yeah, no, I, I don't see I that happening don't. anytime soon. So, um, so yeah, well, all you parents out there, don't worry, we got it covered. <laughs> is, we'll let you know what you have to do. You can trust us. Um, so before we get into it, we got a bunch of uh, comments on both the uh, the UHM group on Facebook and the uh, All You Need Is Blood Facebook group. Uh, Brandon Hay says, because um, we asked <clears throat> what your favorite childhood monster movies were, he said uh, Monster Squad, Little Monsters, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, yes. 976 Evil, Goonies, Jaws, Friday 13th 1-7, through 7, Little Shop of Horrors. And he says, I know some aren't really horror, but they would really freak me out when I was a kid. And this is a great fucking observation on his part because peewee's big adventure Lars marge still yep. makes me shit my pants today <laughs> that, tim, that was uh, one of the first films by tim burton as well that's wasn't correct it? that fucking scene is still one of the creepiest scenes in cinema it <laughs> scarred me man I, I i up until i was like 12 i had to keep my eyes closed watching it <laughs> But yeah, and Little Monsters—that's a hilarious one. Uh, I think that's did, did he say E.T.? 
he say E.T.? No, that was Craig Larson mentioned E.T. Okay, because I agree, because when I was a kid, E.T. scared the fuck out of me. I would watch it at my grandma's house. She'd put it on, and I would just be terrified. <laughs> I'd be like, e. what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought that was a great list. Um, uh, Johnny Barrett says, uh, my favorites that used to watch all the time as a kid were uh, Monster Squad, of course, Ghostbusters, Gremlins, The Gate, and Poltergeist. Uh, all these are pretty good choices. They, they, they all match up. I, what's kind of interesting is a lot of people were like different ages that responded, but they all had sort of the same answers, which I thought was pretty weird. Like even the younger crowd, did you know, there was nothing like somebody didn't come up and say any movies from like the 2000s or even late 90s. These are all like fucking movies from when I was a kid. Yeah. So, um, and um, my buddy Miles, who I went to go see Black Panther with, uh, he said him and his sister used to watch Child's Play 2 and 3 on USA all the time, and uh, Poltergeist <laughs> as well. And, yeah, that is, that's, like, TV channels like USA and uh, TNT and stuff, they would always play these movies that should not be viewed by children <laughs> all the time. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, I actually I actually put something up on my Instagram page about this, and I got a yeah. few, um, few replies as well. Um, Hackshaw Simon, um... He said American Werewolf in London, obviously people varying from ages. Um, Liam Cobain Crawshaw, he said uh, the things that the movies that instantly spring to his mind were Critters 1 and 2, Monster Squad and Return of the Living Dead. Um, then there was Grill. He says, I remember, remember being scared by H.R. Puff and stuff. <laughs> when I was a kid. Also, the theme song from The Twilight Zone, that and the Exorcist theme song, he says he refuses to watch the movie and the show, but those songs still haunt him. Um, was it a Mansa Beard man? He commented um, he was a bit young, um, was Outpost. Um, he remember Outpost. watching that. The, the yes. zombie movie? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Uh, that was from like 2002. Yeah, so he was quite. Yeah, so he was quite young there. Another one he said was House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh man, um, I feel so fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Shut up and dig said Man's Best Friend and The Descent. Oh um, my god, I love Man's Best yeah. Friend. Lance Hendrickson, right. fucking awesome. Yeah. And try forced my hand Halloween with my father every Halloween. People under the stairs, phantasm, and anything on Monster Vision by myself. Yes, Monster Vision. Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah. Yeah, Child, childhood staple for me. Yeah, so, yeah. So. Everybody's got some good picks there. I think I, I I do like hearing those newer ones because I I don't know if I just feel out of the loop, but I think there's not a lot of like horror movies for kids that kind of stuff. That's sort of why I really liked it this year. I feel like people yeah. that are like you know nine or ten that are going out and watching that for the first time, they're gonna shit their pants and they're gonna remember. They're gonna be like, oh man, I used to watch that movie all the time when I was a kid. <clears throat> so anyway. Uh, let's start off with, uh, some of the movies we got. Shane, I'd like to hear from you. What was the first movie you wanted to pick? Oh, shit. Good question. What was the first movie I wanted to pick? <laughs> <laughs> always, oh. always well, pre well prepared, folks. No, well -prepared. no, I told you what it was, but I can't remember what the fuck it was. Well, shit. that's why I fucking asked you. <laughs> Monster Club. There we go. Monster, yeah, Monster Club. Club. There you go. Yes. Fucking hell, yeah, see, I'm old, so, yeah, that's, um, that's, um... <laughs> now, Monster Club is not Monster Squad, which we will be covering Ooh. a little later. This is a completely different yeah. movie. 
Monster Monster Club is an English horror anthology um, from the I think I believe I want to say 1981. Um, hang on a minute. IMDb is my friend today, though it is being a bit slow. I think Monster uh, Club was an Amicus film. They did a lot of the anthologies back in the day. Yes, because um, it, it also had um, Vincent Price was in it. And oh, hang on a minute. Oh, here we go. John Carradine. <laughs> yeah, John Carradine. Thank you very much, Mike. Yes, John Carradine was in it. Um, there was quite a few famous people in there, actually, come to think of it. Um, yeah, 1981, Monster Club. Um, basically, it's about uh, an old guy who's a horror writer. Um, this is the wraparound story, who um, is walking... Um, uh, walking around old London town and he's in um, basically comes across a mysterious old gentleman who happens to be Vincent Price, who also happens to be a vampire. And um, basically John Carradine tells him, yes, I'll do anything I can to help. And Vincent Price is like, Oh, anything. And then proceeds to drain him. Um, and then when he comes to, he's in this club, which is, Surrounded by some of the worst makeup effects and like horror masks you will ever seen. It's like <laughs> the budget for this movie, it didn't really extend to prosthetics or anything like that. Um, because all these people in this wraparound story in the club are wearing all these kind of like horror masks you'd buy from a Halloween shop and all that kind of stuff. So some of it looks really cheesy and then it's, it's, uh, it is pretty spectacular in the cheese um, t- department, but it's basically a uh, it it tells stories. There's there's about four or five stories in this in this film where he Vincent Price is explaining to John Carradine the um, the monster family tree. So basically, the crossbreeding. What would happen if a vampire and a werewolf were to crossbreed or if a human and a girl were to crossbreed and all of this kind of stuff. And it's, um, you get, was it? there was one, there was the whom goo, I believe it was with the story. Um, and it was, uh, it was one of those, Oh, I'm trying to think who the fuck was in it now. Hang on a minute. Cause you, you had Vincent Price, Donald Pleasance was in it. John Carradine. um, Richard Johnson, Barbara Kellerman, Britt Eklund was in there as well. Simon Ward. Um, uh, so you had quite a few of the luminaries from um, like British TV. And, you know, all these familiar faces. And I think they did that to sell it more than anything. And it wasn't too bad it's um yeah each story is interwoven with scenes from the nightclub and all of these all of these um like creatures in the club um and also full songs by bands that are playing the club as well and um how they eventually make john carradine an honorary member because humans are the worst monsters of the world. Ooh, so, yes, the real so, monster. Yeah, the real monster, because they've done more damage to this planet than what vampires, werewolves, and ghouls had ever done. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, 
the you were talking about the character um, Aramis. It was like Vincent Price's character is called Aramis. All right. Yeah. So what did you think of the movie itself, Shane? Did you watch this when you were a kid? I did. I remember renting this on VHS um, because we had this old v- uh, video store. Um, not far from where I lived, actually. I used to go past it every day on my way home from school. And it was called Diamond Vision. And um, I used to go in and I could rent out all these cheap and cheerful movies um, for like 50 pence. You know, it was just, I'd be on my way home from school and I'd be like, I've got 50p, right, I'm going to go and rent a movie out or something like that. And The Monster Club was one of those movies I always used to pick up. Um, and I'd come home from school and I'd watch it when everyone had gone to bed sort of thing. And I used to love it. You know, I used to thought it was really cool back in the day. Uh. Um, Pardon you. And uh, it was uh, it was just one of those mov- movies that I just thought was um, – it had a certain charm to it, um, despite the fact all the rubber masks, because <laughs> the rubber masks in that film are laughable. But um, some of the stories in it were really cool, I thought. I really enjoyed them. Awesome. And it was – it just so happens that I recently picked it up on Blu-ray – um, which I was really pleased about, you know, because I hadn't seen it for years. I hadn't seen it on DVD anywhere in the stores. And then I just happened to happened upon it on on Amazon, and I was like, oh, fucking having that, because it only cost me £6. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I got this I got this maybe uh, a couple months ago. I still haven't gotten a chance to watch it. This is something that slipped by me. I've never seen the movie. Um, right. But I, I saw it pop up on uh, some DVD site, and I was like, oh, cool. Definitely want to check that out. Um. But I did not get a chance to. I was I intended to for this podcast, but I didn't. <laughs> you, so. The thing is, you probably hate it. You probably it's one of those films because it's it's a British film. Yeah, and it was obviously made for British audiences. And I don't, I can't remember whether it actually got a cinema release or not. I don't know because I mean, I was seven years old when this movie came out, so I don't even remember if it was put out on the cinema. But it was also known as um, it's gone under various names over the years because um, I think it was called The Ghouls mm-hmm. um, somewhere. It was released in the UK April twenty April the 2nd 1981 and in the USA on the 27th of May. So it's been um, it's been all over the place. I think in the um, it's yeah it was called uh, The Shadmock that's another one of the uh, stories in the film actually the shadmock which was um from it was about a guy who whistles and he kills people with his whistle um that sounds lame as hell i know but um yeah it was uh you had the vampires you get the ghouls you had the shadmock um it's all that kind of stuff club specter was another one that was the another name for it but um, yeah, because I mean, it, it was it wasn't actually released in, in Germany until January in 1985 when it first went out on video over there. So it's one of those films that's it took few, it took years to be released everywhere else, but um, only got released on Blu-ray in a, cu- a couple of years ago, I would imagine. Yeah. Have you ever heard of this one, Mike? 
Uh, I've never heard of it, but if it's by Amicus, I'll probably enjoy it. Asylum is like one of my favorite anthologies ever. So that's just off the top of my head. I I think it's Amicus, and I'm only saying that because I know it's a British anthology movie, and I'm like, it's got to be Amicus. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Um. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch it eventually because I like I like British horror movies. Um, I think they always have sort of a great tone. What do you think for a kid? Like, how old? Um, should a child watch this movie, Shane? Well, I was nine years old when I first watched it. And I remember my brother, Lloyd, having to rent it out for me because back in the day, it was a 15 certificate film. So um, and now, I mean, it's, it, I, think it's a, I think it's like a 12A in the UK on Blu-ray or something. Yeah, but how so, old should a kid actually be? I, mean, oh, I, would, I would say 10 plus, really. 10? Yeah, I'd say ten because I mean a lot of the kids these days. I mean, I've got my thirteen-year-old, my thirteen-year-old great nephew. He's he watched Shaun of the Dead for the first time when he was seven. So right. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I mean, he loves his zombie movies. My four-year-old great nephew Michael Allen, he watches killer clown movies. He loves them. He just loves clowns, yeah. and he loves scary clowns. So every time he comes around to mine, he's like, "Oh, I want to watch a scary clown film." I'm like, "Okay then." So I'm not going to argue, <laughs> and he's four. So, um, but yeah, I think um, I'd say about ten. Well, I say ten plus. No, I'd say eight plus on this one because it's not entirely scary. It's not gory in any way. There's a couple of scenes in it that are a bit that well, they freaked me out when I was a kid. Like um, the Hoongu, uh or no, the the Shadmok guy, because um, he his punishment to a woman who tries to rob him, he basically melts her face. Nice. He, whistle, he whistles and melts her face. And uh, you don't actually see him melting her face, but when she goes back to her husband, who's her partner in crime, and she turns around and looks at him, her face is pretty much gone. It's just like a massive gore. And it's like the only, she's just saying, help me, help me, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's, that, I remember that freaking me out a little bit. Um, and, uh, the girl segment was quite entertaining. It was creepy. Um, it's one of those classic, um, I'm going to a village, but this village is nowhere on the map and you can't find it anywhere on the map. And then I come across this village and, um, end up helping someone, um, because the entire village are in fact ghouls, you know, they feast on human flesh and all this kind of stuff. So that's, that's kind of entertaining. Mm. So now, what do you think? You think this is uh, would the uh, adults enjoy watching this with the kids? They'd probably find it quite cheesy, actually, yeah. and quite quite laughable, um, because of how dated it actually looks. Um, but I reckon yeah, they'd probably enjoy it, you know, just for the naivety of it. All right. Well, that sounds good. I'm definitely uh, willing to check that out because, uh, like I said, any uh, any British horror movie, uh, I'm willing to give anything a shot. So that sounds pretty good. Um, I'm going to go next with one just only because it sort of um, falls in with that in that it's an anthology film. Um, but this one I always find lesser known. It's from 1990 and it's called The Willies. And I didn't actually find out about this movie until um, an ex that I was with sort of uh, showed me the VHS she had of it. And I was like, holy shit, how did I not know about this movie? Like, you know, it came out in 1990. 
I would have been, you know, just under 10, and this would have completely fit right in with the kind of stuff that I want to watch. And if I had to compare it to anything, it's sort of like, it would be like a gorier, um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Something like that. Um, so yeah, this is an anthology movie, and it's chock full of classic 80s stars and horror movie staples. Um, the movie was written and directed by Brian Peck, who has done nothing other than play Scuzz in Return of the Living Dead. Um, which, uh, if you if you watch that one, you know who he is. And it also has coming from Return of the Living Dead. Uh, James Karen is in one of the um, one of the main stories. Who um, yeah, he's in he's the um, Tom Matthews partner in crime in Return of the Living Dead one and two. Um, so he's great. He was in Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars and like every TV show in the eighties and nineties. Uh, it's also got uh, Clue Galuger who is in Return of the Living Dead. Uh, he's got a cameo as a principal in the movie. Um, Dana Ashbrook, who, uh, he was in Waxworks and Return of the Living Dead 2. Yeah. And, uh, he was also in, recently, a movie, Aggression Scale, which I really like. Um, there's a couple other character actors that are in it. Uh, an old guy, this guy, uh, Burt Irwin, who, if you see him, you're like, oh, I know that guy. He plays an old man in every fucking movie. Um, and there's a weird little cameo from Kirk Cameron, and uh, Tracy Gold, who reprise their roles as characters from Growing Pains. Like, there's a kid watching TV, and Kirk Cameron and, and her turn to the camera and talk to the kid. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why would they have this in here? And who talked them into it? Um, but the uh, the main one I like to bring up, have either of you guys ever watched the TV show Salute Your Shorts? No. Long time ago. Okay, then maybe, Mike, you'll know. Um, do you know who Donkey Lips is? I've heard of the character, but I don't remember it. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in my kitchen and I'm watching this movie uh, on my laptop. And Elisa walks through the kitchen and she goes, is it Donkey Lips? And I'm like, yes, it's Donkey Lips. He was in this TV show back in the day, Salute Your Shorts, which is a camp. And he's just a fat kid with a lisp. Um, but every time I see him in anything, no one knows him as anything other than Donkey Lips. Uh, apparently his actual name is Michael Bauer. But he's still around. You catch him on some uh, some movies every now and then. But the uh, the movies it consists of two main stories and a couple shorts that start before it. And like Are You Afraid of the Dark, it's some kids sitting around a campfire and they're trying to scare each other by telling scary stories. Um, so like uh, the first couple are just really short. They're like two, three minutes each. And one is about an old man that goes through a haunted house so scary that he dies. And another one is about an uh, this like fat lady that goes to a fried chicken place and orders the fried chicken and she's digging into it and then she realizes that she pulls away from what she's eating and she's eating a giant fried rat and she's already taken a hunk out of it and like swallowed it. And then, um, the, um, the sort of two main stories. The first one is about a little kid that's being bullied in school and he discovers that there's a, uh, a monster that like lives in the bathroom and like comes down into the, uh, the, the stalls and like tries to kill people and stuff. So his mean teacher, who, who treats him like a piece of shit and makes him piss his pants because he saw the monster, goes into the bathroom to lecture him on why there's no monsters or anything, and he's making things up and pisses him off, and the monster, like, grabs her and pulls her into the ceiling, and all you see is, like, blood just, like, rain down onto the toilet. And then later in the movie, the bullies that were bullying him, he lures them into the bathroom so that the monster could kill them. And I'm like, holy shit, this movie's fucking awesome. 
Um, and then there's a, the, the other main story is about Donkey Lips, the fat kid, who is like a real weirdo in, in school and stuff. And he like steals this secret um, growth serum from a local farmer. And he, he spends his days like killing flies and putting them into this uh, diorama that he has set up in his basement. And like having them be like, they're all along the, the, the pews in a church and they're on, you know, they, like he kills them and then places the flies all over the thing to make it like it's a little town. And um, later in the in the story, because he's got this weird growth serum and he gets spills it someplace or something, the flies come and get him. And these gigantic flies come in and tear his arms off. And like the parents come in and they go, oh, my God. And these flies are swinging around the kid's arms. And then, like, the end of the story is him laying in a uh, in a hammock with, like, two prosthetic arms. I'm like, holy fucking shit, this movie is awesome. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's pretty gory for a kid's show. And like I said, they're dumb stories or something you would see on, uh, on Are You Afraid of the Dark. But it's, it's, like, kicked up a little bit. Everything's a little bit more elevated. There's actual blood. There's swearing. It's all that good stuff that you'd want in a, in a kid's movie when you were a kid. Um, so yeah, I, I like this one. And I think if you're going to show it to a kid, I don't know. I feel like if it's a kid that likes horror movies, I would go with like seven is a good, like it would probably scare the piss out of them. And that's what a, you know, a good kid's horror movie should do, but they'll probably like it cause there's jokes and stuff. And it's not actually, it's not as dated as you would think. Like they're sort of, uh, everything's a little hyper realistic. So, it, you know, it, it looks like people are telling a story, so that's kind of good. Keeps it from looking, you know, like a shitty '70s movie or something. Um, for the adults, adults will absolutely get a kick out of this because it's so stupid, and you you're actually surprised by some of the gore and stuff that they have in there. You're like, oh my god, that kid just called that other kid a fag. You can't do that. <laughs> Throwbacks to back in the day, but yeah, I like this one. Have you guys, I, either of you guys, seen the Willies? No. I... I think I have a copy of it that you may have sent me many years ago. That might be possible. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if I watched it or not. I can't remember if I had. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty cool. I would say abs- definitely check it out, even if you're just an adult and you come across it. Like, know that it's a kid's movie, you know, so it's not going to be this, like, scary thing. But as you watch it with that mentality that this is for children, you're like, oh, God, you can't show children this. <laughs> But um, but yeah, it's it's cool. I like it a lot. So I'd, I'd say for parents, definitely check it out, and adults will like it too. Um, <clears throat> there's no way you can't get a kick out of it, knowing that it's a kids' movie. And if you're uh, a horror fan, like I'm sure all of you are, if you listen to this, seeing all the cameos and all the people that are in it, you're like, oh, I fucking know that guy. And oh yeah, and I forgot to even mention one of the main characters is Sean Astin, um, <clears throat> obviously famous for being in the Goonies, and he was just in Stranger Things. Uh, yeah. So he's one of the main characters telling the stories. So, good times. What do you got for us, Mike? All right. Um, you can hear me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. I I didn't know if I pressed mute or not because I blew my nose. Um, I am going to talk about The Gate from 1987. Mm. <clears throat> I just watched this today again. I've seen it before in the past, but I didn't remember it at all. And I really hate kids' horror movies. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just, I can't relate to them. I just, I think they're kind of goofy in general. But I was uh, really surprised by this. <clears throat> it was directed by uh, Tabor Takax. 
which I don't yes. know how to say his last name. I but... brought him up recently. He did something that I, I talked about. I think it was a few episodes ago. Now I can't remember what it was. Well, uh, I have him. He directed uh, I, Madman, Deadly Past, and the Sabrina the Teenage Witch TV movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was written by Michael Nankin, who's co-producer on The Exorcist TV show, The Van Helsing TV show, uh, Defiance. Uh, he's done a load of TV movies as well. Um, it stars Stephen Dorff, and this is his debut movie. Yeah. Uh, if you're not familiar with Stephen Dorff, he's been in Blade, Immortals, the new Leatherface movie, Space Truckers. He's been in a lot of things. So seeing him in his debut movie is pretty cool. Uh, Kristen Denton, who's in Not My Kid, 8 Million Ways to Die in The Bad Seed. And Louis Tripp, who's in The Gate 2, The Trespassers. <laughs> and the nerdy kid who's uncredited in Detroit Rock City. The nerdy kid who's uncredited. He, there's no way that kid. I'm trying to think. Detroit Rock City. They were in what high school? I'm just trying to put the timeline in my head together. Like, yeah, he and that came out. Like, in, that came out in '99. I think yeah, he, Detroit he Rock City. He must have been like 30 playing the nerdy yeah. kid in Detroit Rock City. Yeah. Um, That's funny. Okay, so the plot, or these kids are home alone while their parents are away. And they find a rock and a hole in the backyard, and then after opening it, they unleash demons into the world, which is the best plot summary for a movie of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so the movie starts off with uh, this kid, Glenn, played by Stephen Dorff. He's looking down a hole in his backyard. Uh, there was a tree being removed in the backyard, and it leaves this you know giant hole. So uh, Glenn and his friend Terry, who's probably my favorite <laughs> in this entire movie because uh, he's a metalhead. He's like a metal kid. He wears like patches of metal bands and he's wearing a Venom uh, metal patch in the beginning of the movie, which I just lost it to. Um, they find a rock in the hole and uh, Glenn's parents, when Glenn's parents are away, his sister Al decides to throw a party. So while Glenn and Tara are upstairs, they open the rock and they find that it has a, a, uh, a message written down on a piece of paper nearby. And they recite what it says and they accidentally unleash all these demons uh, into the world. And so uh, Terry is looking into it a little bit more the next day and he finds a vinyl, a metal uh, band vinyl in his house. And it's by a band called like Sacrifice. And... Uh, it's a fictional band, but he says that the the band recorded this vinyl and then all died in a plane crash. So they only recorded this one vinyl. And inside the vinyl notes, you see uh, like the exact ritual that has happened by coincidence in Glenn's house. So after they recite the thing with the rock, um, Terry has a dream and uh, Glenn's dog dies. And uh, Glenn accidentally uh, cuts his hand on a piece of the rock, I think, and his blood drips down. And while his sister's having the party, there's like a levitation scene where they're like, it's like a like a party trick where, you know, Glenn's like floating in the air and everything. And all these things happen out of coincidence, but they accidentally unleash it after they open the rock. So that was like the exact scenario to bring these demons back. Um, <clears throat> it's actually a super... Well done and great kids movie, I thought, which I wasn't prepared for. I was thinking of different kids movies in my head, like The Pit, which is really bad. And oh, I was pit. like, yeah, I was, I was like, great. It's going to be something along those lines. And I, I completely really forgot about that movie when we <laughs> were doing this. It's terrible. Um, <clears throat> but I wanted something 
going into this. I wanted a horror movie that was actually scary, you know, that like, stars kids in it, you know, and this is what I got. You know, I, I really love this movie. Uh, the positives I thought were the kids in the major roles do a super good job acting wise. Like Stephen Dorff with his debut movie being a kid, he nails it. Like all three kids in this movie nail their roles and they're actually really good actors. Um, the demon scene, when you finally see the demons, it's fantastic. And I think that would really scare the shit out of kids. I don't know if you guys remember the scene, but I don't want to go in a little spoiler territory here, but... Well, you go in a little. I mean, the movie's like 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like... The, wait, wait, which are you talking about? The the little demons? Uh, sort of. Like, the, the first time the window breaks, and they're okay. in the room, and they... Uh, they go by the bed and you see the, the, the monster hands coming out oh, from under awesome. the bed. It's so cool. It's, it's, it's such a badass reveal for the demons. Um, besides that, the, the pacing of the movie is really good. The movie's pretty short and to the point. I think it's like an hour 25 with credits. Uh, the effects are amazing. Yeah. Great, great special effects in this. And, 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 and a lot of variety of them too. It's not like there's the stop motion stuff with, you know, right. some of the demons, but then yeah. like. Just regular practical special effects with the fucking the 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 dead guy in the wall that right. always scared the hell out of me when I was a little kid. Yeah, so like I I thought the demons looked too good for 1987. I was like, <laughs> I, how are they doing this? And I looked it up, and the demons looked the mini demons looked so real because I didn't think I mentioned it, but the demons only like a foot tall. Yes. <laughs> so there, there's like there are a lot of them in numbers they're all <clears throat> grunting around and stuff and they looked so real because they were actual actors in rubber suits and yeah. the movie was shot in a forced perspective to make it look like they were small but they weren't and i thought that was genius and i never heard of them doing that in a, a horror movie like that back in the 80s well they would the that was used they used to do that in like um like in the fifties and stuff for giant oh, yeah. bug, for giant bug movies. Only although it was done terribly, and you'd be like, "This looks awful." Yeah. But by the time you got to the eighties, they'd gotten their camera techniques done so well that they could do it like convincingly. Yeah, and the only movie that really knew did it were like the Lord of the Rings movies with uh, Peter Jackson and such. Oh yeah, yeah. I never the thought it looked smaller. Than the yeah, I was totally ready for like these stop motion looking monsters in this movie, and then I was like, "How the fuck do these little demons look so real?" And I, I was just shocked. It looked awesome. Uh, some other uh, positives movie that I liked is this random guy at a party. The the sister's throwing a party, but this random guy, he makes like two comments that made me laugh my ass off. And it's he's off screen, but they added it in like the dog's walking around and he's all of a sudden you hear someone get this dog a beer. And then when uh, <laughs> Glenn is levitating, he goes, this illusion thing is all bullshit from like off yeah. screen. I was like, this guy's <laughs> awesome. Was that like the director? <laughs> Somebody yeah, probably. They recorded this shit and put it in there. Uh, Terry is a metalhead in the movie, so yeah. I, I enjoy that, and I like it because he's not like forceful. How they make metalheads nowadays, and like always throwing up like the devil horns and everything. It's just it's cool in this because it that doesn't need to be his character, but they make him one anyway, and which is awesome. Um, a great line in it is. Uh, when Glenn calls Al's boyfriend a fag, which I Again, laugh. This is- 
yeah, like, the time period. They're like, yeah, that's just what you call people. Because the boyfriend is like talking shit to little Stephen Dorff, and Stephen Dorff goes up to get out of the room, and he like slyly turns his head. He's like, fag, and then he runs away. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy that's like banging his sister. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and the last positive I have, and spoiler alert, the dog does come back to life. Yeah, there you go. So it doesn't actually die. No, and but the only negative I had. Because I was watching this movie and I was like, I don't see any negatives to this movie at all. I, I love everything about it. But the, the negative I didn't like was kind of the ending. Um, this whole demon hell on earth opening up a portal to hell, all these demons taking over the world, was defeated by a kid with a toy rocket. Yeah, and I right. Right, but the point was that the rocket was a representation of the love his father had or something. Yeah, but I mean... I just I, I don't think that really fit. I, I wish the movie ended ten minutes sooner with Glenn just looking out the window and he's like, Hell on earth and I just wish it like the camera zoomed out and then like the credits started. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then he like defeats the this this giant awesome looking stop motion uh demon with like a toy rocket and then all yeah. of a sudden the big funnel in the sky goes away. I was like, ah. Oh. But other than that, I, I thought this movie was great. Yeah. What what do you think about um uh, how, how old should a kid be to watch this? Oh, well, I hate kids, so... Yeah, right, I, of course. Everyone I, I would think <laughs> Listen, that... Listen, parents, we know you hate them, too. You just can't would, say it. I would think that a kid should probably be... I would say, like, eight or nine, maybe ten to watch this, because I really want them to get scared of Under the Bed again. Yeah, and exactly. I think that, that they, scene... They think, they're, they think they're over being scared under the bed. No, yeah... <laughs> And the, but I think to really appreciate this movie and like enjoy it, I think you'd be like fifteen or sixteen to get that mm-hmm. good nostalgic feel to watching it. Now, what about the adults watching? You um, think you're gonna like it? Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm thirty and I enjoyed the hell out of it. So yeah, I think adults would really dig this movie. I think that anybody who watches movies like us would really uh, appreciate the effects and the camera work. So. Now, you said you'd seen this before. Do you remember, like, how old you were when you saw this? Uh, this was, like, maybe ten years ago I watched it. And I oh, okay, back so, yeah, for some already, reason. you were already, like, an adult. Yeah. So, like, this this was my childhood, The Gate. Myself and my brother, Mike, we fucking watched this movie. I don't know how many times we rented it from the video store. I'm going to say, like, 20 times, maybe more. This was, like, a childhood staple for us. Because, like, it had so much shit in it that we would either talk about or do. My older brother was big into model rockets. So you saying that, like, oh, I was dumb. He killed him with a model rocket. No, that was the shit we were talking. We were like, <laughs> get this fucking rocket. We're hitting the demon today. Like, we would go outside, <laughs> launch rockets. Um, the, the, the stories about, like, a guy being buried in a wall. We absolutely had that story like in my neighborhood we're like oh when that house got put up i heard a guy died and they just buried him in it because they wanted to fill it in like, <laughs> that was literally a story in my neighborhood that's awesome so, uh, and, and of course but you know my brother was big into heavy metal so like there was a heavy metal kid this movie was like my childhood man we fucking loved it um this was also it's also a great it's a canadian movie and yep. it's maybe one of the best canadian movies um I think it is probably underrated in terms of just being a general horror movie. Oh, like yeah. A lot of people overlook and say, oh, it's just a kid's movie or whatever, but I think it's actually a great horror movie. Um, yeah, no, I, I could gush on about this one forever. It's it's a great movie. Have you ever seen a sequel? No. 
Uh, How's that? I know Terry's in it again. Yeah, Terry is the same kid is still in it again. Or you know, Terry anyway. Um it is it's not as good, but it is interesting. Like they have a different plot that they're going for. Um and, and a lot of it is more along the lines of a a monkey's paw type of thing. Like somehow a guy gets a hold of a demon and it can it, he did some ceremony so it could grant wishes. So like uh you know, he's making all these wishes, but a lot of times they turn out to fucking either backfire or get somebody else killed or something like that. So, um, and, and then Terry is the guy that provides the information about the demons and where they're from and all that other shit. So it's, um, it's definitely worth checking out if you like the first one, but keep in mind, it's a sequel and it's not yeah. as good. So, but yeah. What about you, Shane? Have you seen the gate? Of course I have. I remember watching this. <laughs> First time I watched this, I was 13 years old. It was Christmas 1987. And I can remember watching it. Um, it was Christmas. I actually, funnily enough, I can remember, and I vividly remember this, waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning on Christmas morning. Everyone was still asleep. And I went downstairs and I watched. I put the gate on because my brother Lloyd had rented it. Um, cause our video, our old video store, what they used to do, if it was over the Christmas period for any expen- extended holidays, you could rent a movie out for a week instead of like 24 hours. And he rented a bunch of movies out and the gate was one of them. And I can remember watching it for the first time thinking this movie's awesome. 13 year old me, obviously. Um, and then I can remember watching it three days in a row. And I always remember watching it Christmas morning, 1987. Um, 4.30, I put it on, watched the whole thing, took it out of the video recorder, went back upstairs to bed to protect, to make out like I had been asleep the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and um, when I woke up, everyone was like, oh, Shane, happy Christmas, bloody blah, what do you want to watch? Oh, let's watch The Gate. <laughs> so watched it again <laughs> twice in a row on like Christmas morning in 1987. That was kind of cool, actually. But yeah, um, I do like this movie. Um, it was recently um, premiered on the Horror Channel in the UK, which I thought was quite funny. And because it, it'd been a few years since I'd watched it as well, and I completely forgot Stephen Dorff was in it. And it's like Stephen Dorff has one of those faces that you just want to punch. And I thought, why do I? I was like, I was like, well, why do I want to punch this kid in the face? And then I looked up and went, fuck me, that's Stephen Dorff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't, it was really funny how I was like, my God, he was so young. But um, yeah, yeah, I do like The Gate. I think it's a really cool film. I haven't seen the sequel, though. Yeah, I, I think it's, again, it's a sequel. It's not as good as The Gate, um, but it, it's cool. worth checking out if you like the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, all right, we'll move it along here. Shane, what was your uh, second movie you had chosen? I didn't actually choose a second movie per se, but I'm going to oh, go... Funny. Yeah, but well, I am going to choose one off the top of my head. Um, oh. I'm going to go for one that's actually quite a recent movie um, as far as... Uh, as far as kids horror movies go. And this is, I would say this is a kids horror movie and that's monster house. Good. It's, that's a great call, Shane. That was on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Cause I, um, I watched this for the first time on DVD. Um, 
a few years ago because this film came out in 2006 and uh, I remember renting it out for one of my nephews or one of my great nephews. I think actually, I think it was my great nephew, Jai. I think he was only about three years old when he wanted to watch it because he saw a trailer for it. And I was like, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll get it. And I think I bought it as a triple pack because um, there's like these other two kids' movies in it. I think Surf's Up was in there and Kung Fu Panda was in it as well or something stupid like that. And um, I can remember watching it for the first time. And um, I think it actually scared me more than it did my great-nephew, which is quite <laughs> funny because it was like the house was just creepy as fuck. It reminded me of a house and not far from where I live now that, I mean, years ago, Everyone fucking was scared of this house, especially late at night, because all the trees were overgrown. You couldn't really see anything. And then if you walked past it at a certain time at night, you just saw like the one light on in the front of the house and then nothing else. And people would stand there and like look at this house and, you know, fuck, be scared shitless, you know. And um, it was like this film, it was, it's just one of those films where – I really enjoy it. There are multiple reasons why I enjoy it. Um, it's like the kids in it are pretty fucking funny. And it's like the house itself, it's just like it eats everything, you know, everything that's, that goes on the lawn. It disappears, you know, the house eats it. It's like kids go missing as well. It's like you get a little girl on a tricycle. She's like standing there. It's like the house ate my bike. And it's like, no, it didn't. Where's your bike? You know, the house ate it. And then the, hmm. all of a sudden the little girl's gone missing. And you're like, oh, the house ate the kid. And, <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it's just everything about the movie. I just thought it was really cool because it was like a typical ghost story. You don't hear anything about it. And then you've got the creepy old guy who lives in the house who's trying to stop all the, he keeps telling the kids, get off my land and all this kind of stuff. And then it's like, it, it opens up the story itself, like progresses as to why the house is the way it is. And then you realize that it's actually the, um, the spirit of the old man's wife who died in the house. And it's, she was like, she was a big lady in life and she was always hungry. And basically she still is hungry and she wants to eat everything she can get her fucking hands on. Um, but this movie was just like, it was just creepy, you know, for kids, it would be, it'd be creepy as fuck. And I was actually really impressed with how they, how this movie progress story-wise you know there's just three kids three friends trying to get to the bottom of it and when they do get to the bottom of it they're like holy shit it's like a fight for a survival and um it was just it's just funny as well because i mean you've got quite a few uh familiar faces in it um you've got well i say faces faces faces. (laughs) yeah you've got voices i mean steve bashimi's in it um catherine o'hara fred willard um, and then you've got Maggie Gyllenhaal, she's in it as well, Jason Lee, um, Spencer Locke, you've got Kevin James is in it as well, Nick Cannon, John Hedder as well, and Kathleen Turner is in it, she plays the voice of Constance, who is the, uh, the old man's wife. So you've got an all-star cast of voices in the film, um, and there's always one particular scene that really did stick out for me, 
is when the kids, the house it's uproots itself and starts chasing the kids down the street. Yeah. And that, that scene actually fuck, made me go, holy fucking shit. And I can always remember after watching it, thinking to myself, this really is a horror movie for kids. Because <laughs> it would scare the shit out of them if they watched them, if they were really fucking young. But um, it was, I just thought it was really, really well done. Um, the soundtrack was quite cool because the soundtrack has got some good tunes on it. And I give credit to the filmmakers for introducing the younger generation to Susie and the Banshees because um, there's a track on there called Halloween by Susie and the Banshees, which is off one of their first albums, um, which is played over the end credits. Nice. So how old do you think a kid uh, can be to watch this one, Shane? Uh, I would would definitely say, um, bearing in mind, this got a PG certificate in the UK, which is parental guidance. Some scenes may be unsuitable for young children. Um, I would say about eight or nine, because I think anyone younger than that will probably shit themselves. Um, But it's, uh, yeah, I'd definitely say about eight or nine years old to watch this. I'd probably go a little bit younger. I think this is a, um, for, for any parents that are tired of watching, you know, whatever the last uh, CGI movie that your kids make you watch, whether it's um, uh, Frozen or, you know, uh, it, some of the, I mean, the Toy Stories are pretty good, but like some of the crappier ones that are out there, the Minions movies or whatever, I, I would absolutely recommend putting this in instead because it's funny and it's it's spooky and I think like a kid, I would go like five years old, like, go ahead. It's a CGI movie. It'll scare the crap out of them, but that'll, that'll put them in the right state of mind, I think, to deal with yeah. the world. Um, and I think, uh, I think parents would enjoy this too. This is one of the better, uh, of those CGI animated movies I've seen. I actually enjoyed it, uh, which yeah. doesn't usually happen with those, um, you know, few and far, but some of the exceptions between, you know, but, um, Yeah. Uh, I think this is a great choice for a kids horror movie, and I think it's this would be great to introduce to a you know any young kid. I think they yeah. would like it. You ever seen this one, Mike? Yeah, I did. I, I actually really like this movie. When I I only saw it one time, but I really enjoyed it. I think yeah, uh, same, same with me. I think I was watching <clears throat> it with my uh, my nieces, or you know maybe it was like uh, um, my girlfriends and nephews or something. I don't remember who were where I actually was, but yeah, I saw it one time too. I think uh, this movie and Paranorman are probably one of the better. Horror oh, you know animated movies. I would have chosen Paranorman as well. Because Paranorman has got some of the best scenes, especially the kid with the fucking Jason hockey mask. Yeah, I, I his ringtone his ringtone is like Friday the thirteenth thing. Yeah. Yep. That is just fucking awesome. Yeah, I loved definitely. it. Sweet. Alright, I'll go on to uh, my next one here. Um it was actually I just finished rewatching it right before we started recording this because I was running a little late this week. Um, but I've seen it a million times anyway. I probably didn't need to. Is a uh, 1987's Monster Squad, uh, directed yes. by directed by Fred Decker, uh, who also did Night of the Creeps. And Monster Squad and Night of the Creeps have a lot of similarities. They have like similar lines and similar uh, situations that happen in them. Um, like uh, whenever there's some of the cops, since it was uh, written by uh, again by Fred Decker, uh, and this one ha- was also uh, co-written with Shane Black. Who's done like the Lethal Weapons, Last Boy Scout, Iron Man Three? Like he does a lot of sort of buddy cop type movies, and he includes a lot of that writing in this. It's pretty interesting um, when you start thinking about it that he made like a kids horror movie. Um, it has some amazing performances in it. Um, 
the guy that plays Dracula, Duncan Regier, he may be one of the best Draculas ever. He is fucking amazing. I'd put him right up there with with Lugosi. Uh, he does such a good job with this character. He's actually frightening. Like, when you think of Dracula, you don't think of actually being scary. You think of a guy with a cape and fangs. And yeah. This guy has all that, but he fucking pulls it off. He is still terrifying today in this movie. Um, and it's got uh, Tom Noonan, who, uh, you know, people would know from either, like, uh, he was the bad guy in Last Action Hero. Uh, he was in House of the Devil. Um, RoboCop 2, he was Kane. He was in, um, not Red Dragon, the the first one, Manhunter, which yeah. is the same story as Red Dragon, but he plays the, the Red Dragon killer in that movie. So he's he's sort of uh, around there. And, and the other only standout that I know... <laughs> which is just like a funny cameo that like, I would think the last couple times I watched it. Um, the guy who plays the wolf man or, or, you know, the human before he becomes the wolf man. Yeah. This guy, uh, John, John Grease. And he is actually uncle Rico from uh, Napoleon dynamite. So I'm like, he whenever was... I see it, I'm like, that's fucking uncle Rico. He's also yeah, in, um, Fortnite too. Yeah. That's about to say that. Yep. Yeah. Plays, yep. Plays the wolf Fortnite too. Yeah. Mm. But, um, so this movie, this was, again, this was one I grew up with, uh, and I really liked it when I was a kid and it sort of fucking disappeared. Like once I turned like 13 or 14 and I was like, oh, I don't want to watch these movies anymore. I'm going to go watch a Jason movie. I'm going to watch a nightmare on Elm street. I don't need these kids movies anymore. I didn't see it again until I was probably like 27, 28. And I came across it at a, a bootleg copy at a horror convention. Cause I don't think they, it wasn't even available on DVD at that point. And, oh, my God, I was like, I can't believe this is actually good. Like, I remember watching this when I was little, and now I watch it again. I'm like, I'm actually liking this. There's scary parts. The kids are hilarious. They swear. They're foul-mouthed. They're little shits. They're exactly like kids would behave, like real kids. I don't mean kids on TV. I'm like kids that go out on their own into the woods, and they're swearing at each other and trying to look at naked pictures of girls. I'm like, that's what you would yeah. do when you were a kid. Um. So yeah, this one's, it's really good. It's got all the classic Universal Monsters in it. Dracula, Frankenstein's Monster, the Wolfman, the Mummy, Creature from the Black Lagoon. They're all in it. And um, I, I everything's updated and looks really good. Like the, the, black, the Creature from the Black Lagoon is like completely terrifying. Ten times scarier than he was in his original movies. Uh, the makeup on Frankenstein's Monster is great. Um, there's some good kills. There's dis- bodily dismemberment, explosions, all kinds of great stuff. Awesome special effects. And it's got one of the funniest lines in a horror movie where the little fat kid kicks is being chased by the wolf man. And he's like, what do I do? And he goes, kick him in the nards. <laughs> kick him in the nards. Kick him in the nards. And he kicks the wolf man right in the balls. <laughs> and he drops down on his knees. And the guy goes, wolf man's got nards. And then he runs away. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up when I was a kid so hard. Um, yeah, I, this this movie is just, this is like, again, my childhood distilled. Uh, it probably explains a lot about my personality. I think it's really funny. And boy, for, for kids watching it, it's probably more intense than I remembered, but maybe I just blocked out some of that stuff. I mean, there, there's like sexual humor in it and a bunch of other, you know, nonsense and some pretty good violence going on in there. And there's like, if you actually, if you're an adult paying attention to the movie, like the father and the, and the mother are going through a divorce. And like, there's one thing I just picked up this last time. I didn't pick up before 
when the the father goes into the house later in the movie and like Dracula has been attacking them, the mother opens the door and sees Dracula turn into a bat and fly away. And she's like, oh my God, what's going on? And as he, as the father runs in to use the telephone, he runs past all the suitcases she has packed up to leave the family. I'm like, oh God, I never noticed that before. Like she's like walking out of them. There's like adult themes in this. Um, but yeah, I think a kid, I would say probably like 10 would be a great age to watch this movie because you're the age of the kid, you know, you're being a jerk. You're going in, you know, I don't know if kids do it anymore if they go in the woods and hang out, but definitely 10 years old, I think is like the perfect spot for somebody to enjoy this movie. So Shane, have you watched Monster Squad? I take it. Of course I have. Of course. Silly question. So what do you think of Monster Squad? I love it. I think it's a classic movie. Um, I I just thought Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Mummy I thought were fantastic in this. And, uh, they were really really funny. They definitely added a humorous side to it. Mm-hmm. So what I thought was really comical was obviously you've got it's the classic vampire, you know, holy water, garlic, and the thorns and all that kind of stuff. But it's when the fat kid has got the pizza slice wrapped up in fucking <laughs> tin foil, and he basically just rubs it on the vampire's face, and he freaks out because there's like an obscene amount of garlic on it. I just thought that that scene always cracks me up. Also, another thing, I mean, in the UK we've got um, Channel Five, which is notorious for showing um, controversial movies at any time of the day. And I can remember watching one Saturday afternoon; they actually put the Monster Squad on. But they cut it by twenty minutes. So twenty yeah, only, minutes. Because yes, they, uh, they cut out the vampire stakings, they cut out the girls being eaten by Dracula. Um, they just cut all the really cool shit out. They even cut out the bit with Wolfman's got nuts. Oh my god! Come on. Yeah, seriously, and it was literally they turned an hour and tw- an hour and nineteen minute movie into an hour long movie, and that was it. So that was my one gripe of Channel 5 and my refusal to watch Channel 5 ever since. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it was just every time they put a movie on, it's like, hang on a minute. I mean, this is, where's all the cool shit? Yeah. Um, yeah, and you mentioned the length of the movie. The pace of yeah. this thing is also, like, near perfect. Yeah. It's, it's It really is like a Goonies that just features horror themes instead of pirates. Yeah, uh, like it, once you start watching, you can't stop watching till it's over. It's just it moves that well, and everything sort of bleeds into the next scene. And you know, there's there's not a lot of wasted time here or slow parts or anything. So, how about you, Mike? You ever seen this one? Yeah, I'm not a fan. I figured because you don't like Goonies, also. Yeah, I, the I, worst. I tried. I've watched this movie like three times at different ages. I think the first time I watched it, I think it was like. 17 or 18 i think <clears throat> i i think that was too late for me i couldn't get into it then and then i watched it a couple years back and i didn't like it and i think i watched it a couple years ago and i didn't like it again so <laughs> I, i've given this movie chances i don't find it that funny i i like dracula i like the performances in this movie a lot the effects are cool but other than that i think the humor is just i just didn't like the humor and I, I just i don't find kids funny i don't it's I don't know. Maybe yeah, I, am I think they're the good. Worst. They speak like adults in this. I think that's what I like about it. And like, there's one part in the movie where they, um, where this this the kid that the main kid that figures out what's going on. You know, he's trying to explain to everyone else, and they're all in like the 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 monster clubhouse. 
And one of the guy goes, oh, fat kid farted. And he's like, shut the fuck up, dude. I'm telling you something serious. Like, he's like trying to be serious. <laughs> I hmm. thought that cracked me up because, like, they added a little levity in it. And he's like, no, I'm not joking. There's a, the Dracula's coming for us. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I can't get into that kind of humor. Like, I like the humor in, like, Stand By Me <clears throat> a lot right. because I feel like that's more realistic, even though it's, like, a kind of like a like a thriller or horror movie. Oh, sure. And, uh... But King, this, King I just King can't help himself. Yeah, but this, I just, I think these kind of movies like this and Goonies are like too over the top, and I think it's just that it just ruins the humor for me. Right. So everybody listening, think of the Goonies and how much you love it, because you know Mike is completely wrong <laughs> on this one, <laughs> and <laughs> he's putting this in the same category as Goonies. So if you like Goonies, you're gonna put this one in there too. Probably. <laughs> That's my uh, that that that's the only benefit I could put out of that. No, I, I see where you're coming from because, like I said, Mike, when I when I was like a teenager, I'm like, oh, I don't want you know, this is like a kids movie. I don't want to watch this anymore. I'm watching adult horror movies, you know. Yeah. So I I can see where that could happen. Where if you're you know you're in that um I'm too cool for school phase and you get exposed to this, it might be the wrong time period in your life. But uh, I think if you're an adult and like you go into it knowing it's a kids movie, I don't know. I I fucking still love it. I think it's hysterical. But that's that might just be me. I don't know. So, but yeah. Um, what do you got left on there, Mike? Uh, my last movie is Ernest Scared Stupid <laughs> from 1991. You didn't like kids movies. Hey, hear me out bitch. though. I. Uh, you know, uh, Jim Varney makes this movie, and that's why I love it so much. Uh, it was directed and written by John Cherry, who's pretty much done, like, every Ernest movie there is. Um, it stars Jim Varney, who's Ernest, and he was uh, Slinky Dog in Toy Stories, and he was, uh, I forget his name, but he was in Beverly Hillbilly's movie, and uh, it stars Eartha Kitt, who's in the original Batman as Catwoman. Uh, she was in Emperor's New Groove, My Life as a Teenage Robot. Uh, Shay Astar, who's in the love interest of uh, What's His Nuts from The Rock from the Sun. And uh, Jonas Mas Cartolo, who's in Land of the Lost and Fight Night. So the plot is, I mean, it's an earnest movie. It's the non-stupid versions of the Medea films, if you're not familiar with Ernest. <laughs> non-stupid version of Medea. You're saying <laughs> Ernest is Medea? Is that what you're saying? I would say Medea is the new version of Ernest. Um, but except, I, I don't know, but Ernest is funny though. So. Ex- see, exactly. But Medea is not. And, but, uh, I forget his name in real life. Uh, the guy who plays Medea, but he tried. Uh, Tyler so, Perry. Yeah. Tyler Perry. He tries so hard. And I just think it's, it's a lesser version of Ernest, but, uh, this movie it's, uh, Ernest accidentally summons a troll from a tree that terrorizes a small town. <clears throat> so the plot or the story is basically the film starts off. With a couple hundred years ago, a girl is getting chased in a forest, and it's shown that she's getting chased by a troll. So as the girl is getting chased, it is revealed that it is actually a trap set by the local townspeople to capture the troll. So they use this little girl's bait. Uh, The troll is captured and buried under an old oak tree, and Ernest's ancestor, who (laughs) is played by Jim Varney, because he plays like all these different characters, he uh, puts a spell on the tree and the troll for him to be sealed under the tree and never to return. Well, in modern days, uh, Ernest stumbles upon the tree with local kids, and he accidentally summons the troll back to life. 
and uh, the troll is named Trantor, and it starts stealing children's souls to build his troll army and conquer the world. And it's so fucking awesome. But, you know, I did say I hate kids' movies, and I do, because I hate every single kid in this movie. And, <laughs> and the kids are getting killed. Yeah, that's why I like it, because this troll is stealing children's souls and turning them into these like little figurines, which is so cool. And... The positives, I'll start with the positives about this movie. Uh, the effects of the trolls were and the animatronics were done by the Chiodo brothers, who did killer clowns from outer space. And uh, so when you see, like, a troll die, he's, like, spinning in circles, just like the clowns do in killer clowns from outer space. Um, uh, Jim Varney, he uh, nails Ernest in this. And I think he has some of the best lines out of all the Ernest films in this. Like, he's about to run over a troll with a truck. <clears throat> and uh, he goes, how about a bumper sandwich, booger lips? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, that, and that makes me laugh every time. And in the movie, it's dis- spoilers if you're ever going to watch it. But uh, Ernest finds in a book that... Uh, a certain ingredient kills the trolls and it's missing a letter. So he sees M I space and then K. So it's obvious it's milk and the kids figure it out before Ernest does, but he goes up to one of the trolls and he goes, look what I got. It's, it says like North African or some country. It says Miak. And he he looks all confident and everything. And the uh, Trantor, the troll, he's like, Meek! He actually talks. And I like about this movie, they give the trolls, like, funny lines and the way they look, too. And he throws the Meek on him, but doesn't do anything. And it's discovered milk actually kills the trolls. Um, Another uh, positive I have is Eartha Kitt and Jim Varney overact in this movie completely. Like, that's the whole purpose of this movie is to overact. Eartha Kitt plays like this old woman who lives in a spooky house that all the kids are afraid of. And she's kind of like a hoarder. She has all the stuff on her front lawn. But she's like super in-depth with like myths and uh, rural legends and stuff. And that's how he finds the book and about the trolls. Um, another positive I've listed here is kids getting their souls stolen because I'm all for that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's the effects of this movie really make it for me. Um, the way he steals the kids souls and how they're like, how they're like frightened in their last moments of life. Always put a joy in my face. And the, the fact that Trantor makes these kids into like little like wooden dolls and he has like a collection of, which is fucking awesome in my opinion. Uh, the negatives I have about this is the acting by anybody else besides Eartha Kitt and Jim Varney is awful. And I mean like awful, awful, worse than sci-fi channel awful. Just like I figured all these people aren't even actors if they just got them off the street. Uh, an example is these parents, they see they see a troll take their son's soul and basically transform him into a wooden doll, essentially killing him. And I swear to God, one of the actors, like in the background, one of the parents, is has a smile on his face. Like he doesn't convey like acting that his son was just killed. And it's just I rewound it like three times and I was like <laughs> Why is this guy smiling? He's like one he's of the. Like, I'm gonna be in a movie. It, basically, he's the the sheriff. He's he has a big role in the movie. He's like the sheriff of the town, and his kid just got fucking killed. And he like looks at his wife, and he's just got a smile on his face. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, 
And the writing for everybody besides Eartha Kitten Jim Varney is just terrible. Like, the kids try to be funny, but they can't act or shit. And it's just... It, it's bad. So, I, I really love this movie, but for the fact that the 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 Jim Varney different characters he plays and Eartha Kitt, and I find that... And the effects are all so great. And I legitimately laugh at this movie. I think Jim Varney is just so fucking funny. And uh, a fun fact about this that I read is that this is the last Ernest film to be released theatrically by Touchstone Pictures because so many kids found it too scary. <laughs> so it's just... That's great. Yeah, it's everything about this movie I love besides the, the children and like the acting. Because the animatronics and the effects are so well done. Trantor looks so badass. So, yeah. Um, so, w- would you say, have you seen the other Ernest movies, or at least some of them? Yeah, I've seen most of them. I grew up with Ernest. Is this the best Ernest? I think so. This is my favorite one. This is the one that always sticks out to me. What about Ernest Goes to Jail? That was pretty good. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, none of the movies are, like, good <laughs> at that's all. The one, that's the one where he gets magnetic powers from the electric chair. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like none of the Ernest movies are good, but they're so entertaining because yeah. of Jim Varney. I love Jim Varney. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've seen too many Ernest movies growing up. <laughs> Ernest Goes to Camp, that one's t- Terrible. Ernest goes to Africa was the last one, I believe, because they found out. I think in real life, Jim Varney, Jim Varney had cancer, yeah. so but he still finished it, and that was the last one. Yeah, I think one of his last movies he voiced. It was a uh, it was a Disney cartoon. It was one of the last hand drawn Disney cartoons. I'm trying to remember the name. Atlantis, maybe. I think. That oh was yeah, that. he wasn't Atlantis. And that was that came out after he died. So he like died or, like early in the year, and that came out like in December or something. I think. But. Yeah, uh, Shane, have you ever seen Ernest Scared Stupid? No. <laughs> really? I guess Ernest never made it no. over the UK. I don't know. <laughs> it made it over the it made it over to the UK. A lot of the movies did. I chose not to watch them. <laughs> they are Quite really simply, yeah. yeah, they're they're terrible. But I don't know. Jim Varney really liked doing them for some reason. Money. The money? He used to have the Ernest <laughs> TV show. You don't remember that? I don't remember the Ernest TV show. Oh yeah, I think it was like a cartoon. I don't. Oh yeah, it was a cartoon. You're right. I don't remember. He would have Ernest skits. Like it would be like him and uh, um, what's his name, Vern. They would be doing skits like before each episode. (laughs) That's awesome. So Vern. No, I don't. Vern. I don't. I don't. (laughs) I don't see uh, him making too much money off these, though. (laughs) I can't imagine. (laughs) So, um, so what do you think for for age ranges on this one, Mike? Uh, I think it's goofy enough to be uh, watched at a younger age. I would say like 12 or 13, uh, just because of the overtop like slapstick comedy of him, too. Like he gets like trapped in the back of a garbage truck and he's using like a doll's head to try to jam the gear so he doesn't get crushed. And he's doing the voices of the doll. He's like, oh, no, please don't put me in there. I'll die. <laughs> it's, like it's so stupid, but it makes me laugh. Uh, so yeah, I'd say like twelve or thirteen to to really uh, to find the over the top antics pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Awesome, yeah. But, I but for I like grown ups like us, I don't think <laughs> I don't think that it should be viewed by adults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think if you didn't watch Ernest when you were a kid, like like I mean if. If you grew up with Ernest, then you know you've already seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, you know there, there's nobody that knows who Ernest is that hasn't seen this movie. Yep. 
Um, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's too late though. Like if you, if you don't know who Ernest is and you just go in blind and you try to watch this, you're gonna be like, what the fuck am I watching? If I you can't. don't want to see this, I would just go to YouTube and type in, uh, the intro for Ernest Scared Stupid because the, uh, the first like intro part plus the like opening credits with Ernest, like dancing around the screen and they put like old school horror movies up and stuff i think it's awesome uh the 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 song and plus the like the little like collage of like old horror films and stuff is really cool so if you can't make it past that maybe just stop uh <laughs> yeah if you can't picture like jim varney <laughs> dancing around the screen to like the wolfman and stuff then yeah i, I would turn it off <laughs> i love the chain just like no <laughs> not interested <laughs> I'll tell you what, Shane, you would definitely rather watch this than whatever Death House is going to be. Yep. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I might have to, um, I don't know, find a means to an end to watch this um, movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's pretty good. I think we got a good little uh, a good little batch of movies there for parents to dig out and show their kids. Yeah. I think it's definitely a way to go. And uh, for any other parenting advice, just let us know. We'll be happy to give you guys advice. Uh, most of it's probably going to be just leaving the little shit at a, at a uh, bus stop and taking off. I'll leave links to, like, different uh, sales for, like, condom companies. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you really want, like, a generic condom company? <laughs> yeah, just whatever. Whatever is on sale. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that about wraps it up. Um, if anybody uh, wants to get in touch with us, you can catch us on our Gmail, allyouneedisbloodpod at gmail.com, our Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood, our soon-to-be-updated Instagram account, All you, Need Is, All you Need Is Blood Pod. Right now we have one follower, and it's Shane. Yay! <laughs> I was there first! That's right, number one. He's got it. He's got it locked down. And... Um, yeah, you can catch me on uh, Twitter. I'm at Ryan Tudelo. Um, and on the uh, upcominghorrormovies.com message board, you can find us all on there. Uh, Shane, you want to give your contacts? Yeah, I'm um, Dead Cell Society on Twitter, Dead Cell Society 74 on um, Instagram. I'm also on <clears throat> I, I Caved and joined Snapchat as well. Nice. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I just yeah. did the Instagram, you bastards. The new Snapchat <laughs> update. The new Snapchat update's terrible. So you joined at the wrong time. Well, actually, because I only joined, I only upload, downloaded it a couple of weeks back, so I'm not really noticing what the difference is. That's true. Good yeah. So it's um, it's actually not too bad. I'm kind of enjoying it. Um, it is kind of entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I'll add and, you, um, Shane. Yeah. Any, cool. Any contact info for you, Mike? Uh, I'm Whittemore on Instagram, but instead of the O, it's zero because I'm so cool. And uh, <laughs> on Facebook, I'm I'm on the UHM page. I'm on uh, All You Need Is Blood page. So, and on the uh, UHM forum under DMhead seven seven seven. So yeah, that's about it. And um, thanks for everybody for listening. And uh, thanks for you guys of uh, coming on and. Shane, thanks for actually remembering to pick out a couple movies. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was. I mean, the first <laughs> one was fine. It was just the second one. I was just like a complete loss because I was like, "Shit, what was I going to talk?" Oh yeah, I never actually chose one, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Now I remember you. You're like, okay, I'm going to do Monster Club, and I'll figure something else out. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh man, I'm so it all, slack. It all works out. Like we always say, we're the best prepared podcast there is. Yeah, fuck yeah, and you'll never get another one like us. Right. <laughs> all right, guys, we'll catch you next time. So I'll say bye for now. Yeah. Later.